0: From the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing, this is World of Wonders WOW Report. Things that make us go
1: wow. Hello and welcome everyone to this week's edition of the WOW Report where we count down the top 10 things of the week that made us go
2: wow.
1: I'm co-founder of World of Wonder Fenton Bailey, joined by our Chief Creative Officer Tom Campbell. Howdy 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 and editor of the wow report james st james hello i love it let's get into this week's top 10 without further ado starting at number 10 tom
0: number 10
1: it's back and i'm enjoying it but you
2: guys are the real experts the crown is back on netflix to be honest i i um unsigned from netflix like eight months ago, and just resigned to watch the Crown, it's my way of not giving them all my money. okay? there, I said it. Um, and i'm I'm on a nine ninety five one screen plan a month. Okay. That's mine. That's what I do too. I'm, okay, I'm okay. with you on that. Do you, or do you see the ads, or has that started yet? Ads has started, but I did not sign it for ads. i I'm, I'm uninterrupted. So the Crown is back. It's a whole new cast refresh. It's the it's the it's we 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 saw the the budding romance and the wedding and the early problems of the princess die, you know, Prince Charles thing. And now we're right at the point where it's all about to fall apart. The queen oh. is elderly, they're questioning the, the the monarch is being questioned like never before. Um, and I, I'm not through the whole season, I'm through like five or six, but there's a whole episode kind of uh which is what i love about streaming uh storytelling the freedom they just go off and do a whole episode that's kind of an origin story of muhammad uh, Fayed and Dodi Fayed, and I found that I find it all fascinating. I lost. You know,
3: I found that I found that completely off topic. I thought they could have done it in ten minutes. I didn't think they needed to do a whole episode about it. I was absolutely infuriated.
2: <laughs> My I sister thought the it. same way you did. My I I love the storytelling. You know the thing about it's the pace or something about the Crown. There's Look. many things, but the pace yes. and those. Overhead shots of people driving into palaces. I love it's that. Really all the, most, the number one reason I watch it is just to see British cars, vintage British
4: cars. gliding into the terminal. palace
3: driveway and the picking out of the jewels. I, that's that's my favorite scenes too, the the picking out of the jewels.
1: I love this idea, there should be a crown where there isn't really any story. It's like a it's slow crown, they're just driving cars, picking jewels, having a banquet, going to bed, <laughs> tea Looking and out the, in the window.
3: but tom i do have to say that you know a lot there's been a lot said about the casting choices they made this season and dominic west as charles does not ring true to me charles is a fussy boy aristocrat manners and dominic west is this lusty hot hard-edged man who doesn't have any of the soft fine features of of charles and diana the girl elizabeth de or whatever de she does eye acting <laughs> it's all
2: looking so and diana someone said that they shouldn't call this season the crown they should call it the frown
1: based on the way she's portraying <laughs> yeah. princess diana. but also yeah. the prince charles has had a total personality change as james yeah. said he's like this whole idea that he plotted against the queen i don't even know that that's there's anything no. to that.
3: And he's just too forceful. And I don't believe Charles is a forceful person at all. I do want to just note that note, I don't know if you guys noticed that the guy who plays John Majors, the prime minister, do you know who that is? Uh-uh. Phil no. Donahue? It's Donnie Lee Miller, who was married to Angelina Jolie. Oh, and my God. he was in train spotting. I don't know if you remember. He well, was, he um, does look
1: very unhappy yeah he's like, sick
3: boy from train spotting yeah and the my princess God. margaret i think the i love that even though no one can hold a candle to a helena bonham garden yeah. i think this new princess margaret is fantastic
2: and there's even a great uh again this is all dramatization but there was a great episode where queen elizabeth and she come to you know have a rehashing of things <laughs> it's really painful and then it gets resolved in a way that's so it seems so realistic to me just in terms of like that I don't know their bond is so stronger than the circumstance in which you they like Imelda
3: Staunton, Staunton as um and Jonathan Price as
2: Prince Philip I think so I, I again that interesting stories about it I, I didn't know what to expect I thought it was gonna be super heavy die and uh Charles and while they are covering that story quite closely there's all these other again I'm always finding out things I'm, I don't know much about the royals so everything the last episode
1: seeing, it leaves you on quite a note Oh my God! Oh. See, I'm only two episodes in, and I'm glad to hear all this because it's inspiring me to actually get back to it and really yeah. Watch the you know, rest you know, of the
3: it. last two or three episodes is is fully Diana, and um, uh, there's a really good you know like the Margaret and Queen scene yeah. where they sort of rehash thing. All there's right. a really good kitchen table scene with Charles and Diana that's pretty fantastic.
2: Who is the journalist that interviewed her and Michael Jackson? Um, Martin Bashir or Andrew he Morton? He comes off. History has not.
1: He's still alive, but history
2: has not treated him well. The facts that have come forward are pretty Mm.
1: disturbing. worth knowing. That's The Crown season five, streaming on Netflix. Let's go on to number nine, James. Number
0: nine.
3: Well, I want to talk some more about some quality television that I've been watching, some prestige television. I watched the Lindsay Lohan Netflix movie, (laughs) Falling for Christmas. (laughs) It is my favorite movie of the year. It's a holiday schmaltz fest that's half a step up from Hallmark. But I love that crap. I love it to death. It stars Linji and Cord Overstreet, who used to be on Glee. And he was the bleach blonde with the trout mouth, the little twink. I don't know if you guys were geeks. Um, But he is now a daddy. He's in his 30s, and he's a daddy. And he's (sighs) hot as fuck. And he's probably my favorite part for watching the movie. (laughs) Um, The plot is, it's an old one. It is a spoiled hotel heiress gets bumped on the head and gets amnesia. And a lonely widower who runs a hotel in town finds her and puts her to work as a maid until she remembers who she is. So it's overboard with Goldie Hawn, but we sort of switched up. It's overboard. It is... Goldie did it better. There's no doubt about (laughs) that. But I I mean, I love an amnesia movie like, um, you know, Desperately Seeking Susan, 51st Mm. States, all of those movies. But Lindsay looks fantastic. This is the best she's looked in 10 years. She is funny. She is on it. She Watch out Lucille Ball. She does slapstick. She's does pratfalls. She's falling out of chairs. She's falling down mountains. It is, she gives this her
2: 110%. I have not seen the movie. I saw her on the red carpet promoting the movie. And you're right. She has never looked more clear-eyed, more beautiful. Yes. And And we've been wanting this for so many years and been disappointed every single time. But she is one of the most incredibly talented actresses of our time who has gone through a lot of hardship and, and, and wouldn't it be wonderful, wonderful if this truly was the beginning of her, her, her her comeback, her, her resurgence.
3: She's not going to be nominated for any awards, I'm I'm afraid. No, but you can but get work from this. She can get work from she, this. She can get work from it. And like I said, that every time you get like a, a real chuckle out of it, because it's I mean the script is terrible, but when there are real chuckles, it's Lindsay and you say and you say go Lindsay, go honey. You did it. You nailed that line.
2: There's also uh, I had a boss um, at HBO used to say, you know, if if a woman is pretty and she's funny, you know what she is? I go, what he goes a movie star because it's very few people that have those two qualities.
3: <laughs> yes. There the 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 villainess in this is her um fiance who is an Instagram uh influencer. And I just want to say that every movie this year has had a villain who is an influencer and that's the new Russians in movie land. <laughs> But anyway, I think that you should watch this on a double bill with Castle for Christmas starring Brooke Shields, which I talked about last year, or A Night for Christmas with Vanessa Hudgens, because these are all really good holiday movies. And let's move on. Can right. give
2: one, one like to Cameron, what's her name? Candace right. Cameron Burrell for saying publicly that she moved from Hallmark to that other uh that other network because right. they re- they represent um
1: traditional what? marriage
2: <laughs> right? Yes, yes
1: the there was a
3: homosexual in this one and Candace would have been horrified so to Candace
1: Cameron Burrell all right okay moving on that is a and that's streaming on Netflix right James yes all right moving on to number eight number eight. The Trumps are back in the news. Um the headline here is Ivana's uh Upper East Side Townhouse is on the market. So is it's that would happened drop- this week. <laughs> And I'm going to hand it over to James, our real estate correspondent. <laughs> uh, well, I was just inside about, I was just about to put you on
3: the spot and say, I haven't seen it. Fenton, what does it look like? Well, it looks if- like
1: the inside of a Fabergé egg. I mean, the bathroom, <laughs> gorgeous pink marble, gilt. I mean, the Trump aesthetic is on evidence here. Um, in the living room, I guess, there's a, a couch with some fabulous... Actually, actually, the couch, I really would... It is, it is I very nice. It's a leopard couch, couch, yeah. Especially given the fact that it is upholstered in leopard beneath a beautiful leopard... Um, it's not a mosaic, is it? It's a fresco. It's a mural. A it's mural a... A fresco of leopards prancing as they do. <laughs> um Maybe not fornicating quite yet. Um, and there's tassels and pillars and what have you. I mean, you know. Oh, and of course, there's the staircase.
3: Well, I was, you know, uh, uh, one of the comments on Instagram was saying that staircase it was haunted before she bought it. Like, it is just a terrifying staircase. It, it, it really I'm is. I'm no
1: expert, but what is so terrifying about it? It's gently sloped. It curves. Like, why does someone say that staircase was going to kill her? Well,
3: it is a long staircase. It's a long staircase for an 80 year old woman
2: to to Trevor. Honey, it just really is.
1: Sunset Boulevard. I mean, that's what the whole film leads up to.
2: Do you know how old she was when she made that film? Uh, Glorious Morty. 50. 50.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: but it's a staircase that is it, perfect
3: for soap operas. That is meant for pushing people down. It just it's <laughs> one of those ones where people tumble and tumble and tumble and tumble, <laughs> tumble down. I want to say that Fenton years and years ago, Randy and Fenton did uh dictators by design oh, yes. it was uh, a series i think that they did of different dictators palaces
1: and it was supposed to be a series we no, only got Melvin have- marcos,
3: marcos. Oh, yeah. but there was all there was also the um uh all the different dictators i remember doing the research for that and mm-hmm. ivana trump would have made a good dictator
1: she Yes, but now you've got me thinking about Imelda Marcos, not to be outdone, built an entire palace out of bamboo, everything bamboo, bamboo curtains, bamboo sheets, bamboo light fixtures, bamboo furniture, bamboo carpets, bamboo wallpaper.
3: I I, I think I I would rather um, have Ivana's townhouse than a bamboo palace in Ah, the Philippines. Here's the horrible
2: thing to think about is, and maybe James, you can help with all of your connections, is like, can you find someone to buy that apartment that will leave it intact?
3: Well, it should be a museum. It should be a right? museum to 80s excess is what
2: it should be. You yeah. Know? How
1: it, much um, is it? That's the, What's it on the market for? I'm
3: oh, to... it's, it says, um, I can't remember. Hold on. Blake, you might we can all right. three of us
2: chip in if it's
3: not too much. <laughs> You know, the problem with it is, is it's not big. It is a very narrow townhouse. It's You know, townhouses in New York can be very narrow. And mm. so it's just one room on each floor. So Staircase after staircase. Staircase after staircase,
1: darling, darling. Well, needless to say, there is no surface that has not been covered with some rich, overly ornate geometric. Print or could have, and it makes you gold. realize
3: just how much influence she had on Donald, on the Donald, and how he, you know, everything he's done since has been uh, sort of uh, imitating Ivana's She was, the, she was the style behind the dictator. yeah, she was, she was mm-hmm. the brains behind the genius that that is the Trump aesthetic.
1: <laughs> style might be uh, overdoing it. I wouldn't put <laughs> some word it. like that. Twenty six point
3: five million is what it's on the market. Yes from blake just
1: research, 26.5 million all right well that's your million dollar listing for the day <laughs> um i am gonna hijack the plug the shameless plug going to break today is the uk publication date and i hold one in my hand if you're watching the screen age it looks that's- amazing i haven't seen the cover yet oh my god there it is. i'm holding up screen age How Television Shaped Our Reality from Tammy Faye to RuPaul's Drag Race. And it's a little book I've written. Um, It's published by Ebury Press and it's out in the UK. You can actually get it um, from uh, via store.org worldofwonder.com. You can order it and it will it will come to you here in the States or anywhere.
2: In the U.S. as well. Say that again. Right. Where do you yeah.
1: buy in the U.S.? You, also you buy it in World the U.S. Of... via store.worldofwonder.com or via amazon.co.uk If that's all too much, you can wait until the spring when it will be published in the U.S. <laughs> um, and there's a great forward by Graham Norton. Oh. Yeah. Well, let the Fenton mania begin. What let an me accomplishment. Tell you, you are both in it ah. because I love you both so much. A little worried about that. You'll be hearing from my lawyer. Let's go to the break. Uh, Blake, do you have a question?
4: I sure do. Um, it's been a big week for Miss Taylor Swift, and she broke a record as the first artist with all of their songs in the top 10 on Billboard's Hot 100 chart. Which artist record did she beat who had nine of their songs in the top 10 in
1: September, 2021? We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to the WOW Report here on Radio Andy.
0: You're listening to World of Wonders, WOW Report. Things that make us go wow.
1: And welcome back to the WOW Report on Radio Andy. It's Fenton here with James St. James. Tom Campbell, and Blake with a question. And before you ask the question, we just got to give a shout-out to Andy, our fearless leader. He's just renewed his deal here at Sirius. So as long as we don't get canceled, hopefully we'll be on air for a few more shows. No, hand in hand, he renewed his deal,
2: and he didn't cancel us. That's the really good
1: news. (laughs) We
2: love you, Andy.
4: Uh All right, well, this week's question is, It's been a big week for Taylor Swift, who she just broke a record with having the whole top 10 to herself on the Billboard Hot 100. Which artist record did she beat, who had nine of their songs in the top 10, in September of 2021? It's also the same artist who recently just knocked her from number one.
3: Oh, Oh, it's not Beyonce then. Is it Nicki? No. Sam Smith? No.
1: It's Drake. Actually, not oh, Drake. I it Drake, there
3: you go. Uh, Drake?
2: Drake.
3: Betsy Drake. Oh. She was the star of
2: uh, <laughs> "Married to Cary Car- 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 Grant" at one point. Betsy Drake. <laughs> yeah.
1: We are counting down the top ten things that made us go wow, and we've reached number six. No, we haven't. We're counting down the top ten things that make us go wow, and we've reached number seven. Number seven. <laughs> James has disappeared. Where's James going? I don't know. I'm not starting. Okay.
3: I fell off the, my, my seat laughing so hard. It's your ineptitude.
1: <laughs> Never
0: fails.
2: <laughs> I, two weekends ago, right before the election, I told you guys I was doing this. I flew to Phoenix, met my cousin Chuck Chuck. We drove to Prescott, Arizona, which is a very kind of Republican kind of place where I got to see uh, a production of Hello, Dolly! at the... Yucca community college, you know, college, um, starring the one, the only Tony Tanil. <laughs> I'm
3: so excited for this.
2: Now what I went to do, which was total fan worship, turned into a much richer experience. And let me tell you why. Okay. Um, first of all, Barbara Streisand, when she did the movie, Hello Dolly, many years ago was criticized for being too young. She was 28. Tony Tanil is 82. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It is. She looks great. She sounded great. It was the third night of like a 30 nights thing. She went up on a couple of her lines, uh, but she made it charming. You know, it's a very schlocky show. Here's the two things I came away with. Number one, how beautiful, because it was a student slash community theater project, right? And in, in this reddish, you know, City, it's not all red, but you know, it's very, and the amount of energy and effort that goes into putting on a big production in the community is awe-inspiring, you know? and, And you know, the thing about Hello Dolly is it's one showstopper after another. That's how it kind of runs. It's kind of a thin show, but it has lots of, and at certain points they had, I swear to God, 30 guys on stage tap dancing who were all, you know, in period clothes, but they had their crazy hair. You know, it was, they were modern kids Doing doing this, and they had women dressed as men and they had women as well in the production. But it was really and then to sit in the audience and have the community surround them and love every minute of it. Now, was it a hundred percent up to Broadway standards and whatnot? No, but almost more lovely how how it's just no, I love that better. I think I think yeah. there's something very sweet and wonderful
3: about community theater because they're like it's the same thing, they're trying 110%. Yeah.
2: And the appreciation from the audience was palpable. Now, here is an interesting thing that impressed me, probably nobody else, but I'll share it with you guys because you let me, which is, so we get there. my I've I got two seats, but my one was in front of the other. So my cousin Chuck's in front of me. I'm behind. And I'm in a very chatty mood. I'm so happy. We're there early. We're the youngest people in the audience. <laughs> and, and so there's a guy sitting next to me. And this venue is something that a lot of People go to like there's Tony Orlando and you know and and it's that circuit of people and so there's big pictures on the side. and this guy next to me who's probably my age straight cowboy boots you know straight kind of straight guy that kind of scares me and turns me on and his wife next to him and they have their hands held and he's like you know we saw the righteous brothers here a couple weeks ago and I said oh my gosh were they good and he said they were great and I said. I said, Bill Medley, and I guess there's a new one because the one passed away. And I said, with all my heart, I said, those are some of the best pop songs ever written. And we just got, went off about how incredible that music was. He was very low key, but totally appreciated it. Then his wife piped in. She goes, you know, we're going to see Tanya Tucker here December 1st. And you guys I know, I, know love- I love Tanya Tucker. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I love Tanya Tucker so much. I might have overshared, but I just set enthusiasm. And then at one point in our conversation, our very friendly conversation, he said, oh, it leaked, he goes, oh, you're from California, huh? Uh, don't even get me started. Uh-oh. And he was trying to be charming, but he was attacking me. And he said, I hear you can't even fart in California. I said, why? And he says, because they don't like gas in that state. So, and, and instead of like getting, shutting down or being defensive, because I was full of love, I just said to him, You know, I didn't say, buddy. I said we just spent the last ten minutes. We're partying right now. We just spent the last ten minutes loving the same. We we love the same kind of music, and we spent the last ten minutes talking about it. I said that's, and I said very nicely. I said I think again, it wasn't super confrontational. I said you know, I think that's the problem. Everybody thinks we're different, and I said, and I think we're all a lot more alike than we think. And he backed off. And at the end, I wished him well. And I couldn't, I, I was overwhelmed too by, you, you know, Hello Dolly was written by Jerry Herman, a super gay guy, a gay guy who contracted HIV early on and lived to a ripe old age. And he wrote me. And the whole audience, including Mr. S- guy sitting to the left of me, is cr- is tearing up at the same points I'm tearing up, is applauding at the same points, laughing. So it's, it's just, again, reminder to me, I don't have to prove it to anybody else, but we are much more alike than we are different. And I'm trying to bring that attitude with me everywhere. Thank you, Tony
1: Camille. And well, thank you, Tom. For, you didn't. For you
2: didn't tell us about. I.
3: I think that I'm gobsmacked that she's 82 years old and still on stage. I think that singing on stage. I think that's wonderful.
2: And and can, when's the last time you had to memorize something?
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't even remember. I can't even memorize. What I'm about look saying.
2: at me! I'm trying to count down from number ten to number one. You can't do it every week. So, and my cousin Chuck, who's a sweetheart, he said, "Think about that. Most 82, where most 82-year-olds are at." You know, yeah. there's some place and here she is going on stage, singing, performing, carrying a show. It was it was amazing. And I love her voice so much. If you yeah, do I do, else, too. Listen to some Tony Neil today. Make
1: yourself. Happy. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to number six. Number six.
3: Elon Musk, Elon Musk, Elon Musk, or as uh, his full name is elongated muskrat. I don't know if you knew that.
1: No. Sounds Um, like a
3: Captain Tamil song. I (laughs) had to
1: put Elon Musk on mute on Twitter. I just can't stand it anymore.
3: I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. You know, last month we watched the implosion of uh, Kanye West after his uh, anti-Semitic you know um, uh, uh, tirades cost him everything. And this month uh, we've watched Elon Musk um, just go down in in flames it's been spectacular it's been crazy to watch what happened since he acquired twitter um it just watching him go from ineptitude to chaos it it's it he's been both manic and like self-obsessed and it's just watching the whole thing happen in real time it's it's like seeing someone with a jesus complex meet the peter principle You know, the Peter
2: principle is
3: you rise to your uh, um, level of incompetence incompetence, and then you flame out. And that's exactly what he has done. And it's what happens when a billionaire has nobody to say no to him, which we've seen across the board happen a billion times to everybody. When there's no guardrails where nobody can can help you or because and there's nobody above you to just, you know, to, to, to put things in, in motion. And we watched the crash and burn with the great the blue check verification, which did not work. And then it was going to be the gray verification. And then he laid off everybody and then he asked them to come back. And then there was that moment where he tweeted out vote Republican And you realize, did he just do this, A, because people were making, did he buy it because people were making fun of him and he wanted to show every, teach everybody a lesson? Or B, did he do it because he's, you know, a Trump Republican and he wants to use this to help get Trump back on and every, like, you don't know what he's doing anymore. Um, I just, you know, it's weird that the person who did Tesla and SpaceX that we were all rooting for
2: a couple of years ago. Has turned into uh, such a super villain. A hundred percent, and and chaos is the key word you're saying. And I'm I'm, I'm learning more now. But like he was, I, he wasn't the genius behind supposedly no, SpaceX and no. Tesla. Like he was the investor, or the and, and the and the, the 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 you know the the gang leader, which makes sense. You know, a couple of years before
3: you start though, a couple of years ago, I think on the show even we were willing to give him the benefit of the yes. doubt the same that eccentric billionaires maybe is what we need to help invest in things like spacex and get the thing but we've learned that that, that
1: billionaires almost are never the solution i'm curious though like you know james you use twitter a lot i yes. don't really use it that much to be honest and um except for porn. and um the thing is though that that, that how do you feel seeing like 44 billion going yeah. up in smoke and the whole platform spiraling because you know the fake accounts have cost Eli Lilly billions in stock market yeah. drops because of the fake news Lockheed as well and and so it's just become this anarchic platform of, it is. of fake and so it's lost it has lost all credibility as a platform of true uh, information see, and, the, and is- the advertisers are going to go so the whole thing seems to be like
3: it, it It is cratering money. as we, we are watching a billion dollar, a 44 billion dollar company crater in lose bi- value every single day. Um, the thing is, like I've said before, I've cultivated a really wonderful small circle of followers that we all engage in each other. And we have we have laughs and we share memes and we share this and we share that. And, you know, stories and we comment and everything like that. And I will be very sad to see it go so far it hasn't affected me and my, and my friends yet. It hasn't gotten to that level. Cause I'm, you know, not today. We'll see what he does
2: tomorrow. I yeah. hear what you're saying. I, I have not, I have no interest in getting off of it right now, but yeah. it, it feels like it's, it's more about the, the, the business story. Kind of like you're saying Fenton and his demise and his credibility. And when will this, if, and when this affects SpaceX or test when will Tesla's all of a sudden be Something that you don't want to drive. They already
3: are. You know, Tesla's used to be for Democrats and liberals. And now the right wing has, 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 uh, you know, co-opted them. And every time I see Fenton tootle down the road in his Tesla, I think, well, there goes a MAGA. There goes Fenton gone full MAGA.
2: (laughs) But I must say it's interesting (laughs) because Tesla's were kind of the only game in town when it came to like, you know style prestige and performance and now almost every especially here in california almost every automaker is coming up with amazing
3: electric yeah i think i think it's i I do think it's time to ditch tesla i really do it's vulnerable
1: hey james i just looked at your twitter account i don't see you don't have a blue check mark
3: i've never had a blue check mark no i've tried for five years to get a blue check mark and i've never been able to be verified and I have a feeling that's why my my numbers stopped at thirty seven thousand about four years ago. And even though I know people are still, but my numbers have not changed in four years, and I think it's because I'm not verified.
1: Oh my gosh. moving on to number five number five. Elliot woke up the other day last weekend and said, "I want to watch a shark movie." And he clearly had a plan and he does this sometimes he wakes up. This is my six year old. He wakes up with a plan of exactly what he wants to do. Went to the TV, turned on six headed shark attack. He and we watched over breakfast, (laughs) this movie that was made in 2018 that features a bunch of couples going to an island a sort of marriage boot camp because they're all having relationship problems <laughs> only to be eaten bit by bit by a six headed shark. I was like, I gotta see this. Where did this child hear about a six Where did character? he hear about it? I have no idea. Turns out this is a franchise. And yes, there has been a uh, three headed shark attack movie. There's been a five headed shark attack <laughs> movie. The tagline for that is you can't survive the five. <laughs> and uh, for, the th- for the three-headed shark, it's more heads, more deads.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> and I'm just like this child. But, but they made <laughs> you have a it.
3: demon child. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did this deep dive. And and so the uh, six-headed shark exact was made in 2018. So this is an old, this is a virtual vintage franchise. Um, and the first one was made in 2000, 2012. So 10 years ago, um, And these movies are pretty incredible. I mean, they're absolutely awful. They're made for like tuppence. Um, But the novelty of seeing a six-headed shark, let me tell you.
3: does it look real when you see it? Do you get to see six heads? When it's swimming
1: in the water, it looks real enough. Um, It's got six heads, a sort of (laughs) line. But the thing is, in the three-headed shark attack movie, they started exploring the idea that the three heads don't get on. So they're fighting with each other and they bite each other off. So then- Uh To continue the franchise, they came up with the idea that, okay, if you lose one of your heads, you can regenerate and they grow more. And in fact, the six-headed shark attack, the shark actually begins as a five-headed shark, but its dorsal fin turns into an extra head. so it becomes <laughs> a six-headed shark attack. At one point, the, uh, the shark bites off one of its head and throws it at someone who's trying to shoot the shark and kills it with a decapitated projectile head. <laughs> it's just so good. May I um, make a suggestion? Just yeah, to get this really competitive here, you
2: know, at the at the Radio Andy now, there's a lot of other people in the competition. We should rename the WOW report to the three-headed shark attack.
1: We should, we should, we should. I, I think there could be a drag race challenge here. <laughs> but the best thing, and then we'll go to break. The best thing is, in this six-headed shark attack, The shark actually has the skill of amphibious locomotion. It comes out of the water and uses two of its heads to run across the beach. (laughs) And the person who's being, is on the beach thinking they're safe. They're just too gobsmacked to run. They're like, what is happening? A six headed shark is running towards me using two of its head as legs.
3: (laughs) You know, the the thing that really fascinates me though, because I see this a lot is where do kids come up with these things like it's like does he find it? Did school friends tell him about it? Did he see it on? I mean, he didn't see it on Nickelodeon, you know, a commercial on Nickelodeon. Where? How do kids find out about what the things I, that they? I find blame out
1: about YouTube, it? or maybe he's on Twitter. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> I think it's YouTube, and they look at things,
2: and things get suggested to them. Because my eight-year-old nephew has had like you know Invasion of the Killer or, or Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Where did he find that?
1: But he's yeah. obsessed. Yeah,
3: it is. It is. It's fascinating. I would love to do a study of that.
1: I just want to tell you, the WoW store has an amazing black fry sleigh sale with new items dropping, such as badge, display banner, and shade umbrella. And a six headed shark too, maybe. Go to store.worldofwonder.com for more details. Blake, you got a question?
4: Of course I do. And this one's about Thanksgiving. A Thanksgiving turkey mix up inspired what popular
1: meal trend? We'll have the answer to that right after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders' WOW Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the WOW Report. I'm Fenson here with Tom and James and Blake. We're counting down the top 10 things that made us go wow. Blake. Yeah,
4: I asked. A
1: Thanksgiving
4: turkey mix-up inspired what popular meal trend?
3: I would have to say it's either the turducken... Or um, the, the boiling in
1: oil turkeys. <laughs> fried. Yeah, fried. How could it be? A, well, you accidentally stuffed your turkey and stuck inside your turkey like it slipped. Oh, you, you, slipped <laughs> <laughs> you slipped in the kitchen. Or in you slipped and
3: dropped it in oil, maybe, is what okay. I'm I mean. A lot of oil. I have no idea.
1: I think it's... I- oh, I was going to say it's the cranberry sauce. Oh. Well,
4: those are all very good guesses, but you're all wrong because mm-hmm. it's frozen TV dinners. Oh. In 1953, a Swanson employee accidentally ordered way too many turkeys, so they had to figure out what to do with them. So they made the thir- Thanksgiving turkey frozen dinners.
3: I and that was it. the beginning of frozen dinners?
4: That was the beginning.
1: Oh, god <laughs> oh, wow. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It- and you know who is
3: the Swanson heir? Of course, Christy Swanson. No, Tucker Carlson. His uh, oh, and, uh, no. yes, he is the Swanson heir.
1: Oh, must be a, another billionaire that no one says. In no fact, you. they
3: they call him Tucker Fishstick Swanson. Fishstick. <laughs> Fishstick.
1: Fish gobble, gobble, gobble. Okay, number four. We're counting down top ten things that made us go wow.
2: Number four. I'd like to use my wells for good. And I wonder if this week I have broken that rule. Um, Steven Spielberg is one of the greatest, if not the greatest filmmakers of our time, has told so many stories, light ones, heavy ones, Lincoln, uh, E.T., Schindler's List, an amazing contribution to humanity. So now he has a movie out called The Fablemans, which is a fictionalized version of his youth. As, as a boy who wants to be a filmmaker, his eccentric mother, and a kind of, I don't think I'm spoiling anything, and a uh, a, a, a love affair, that, she, and a wonderful father, who's all intellect, the mother's all kind of spirit and, and kooky, and she falls in love with his best friend. And it's that family growing up in the 50s and 60s. And it has all the Spielbergisms in it, and you realize how much of Spielberg's work has been influenced by his youth and family, which has been documented along the way. Um, I didn't, it was over two, and, it was two and a half hours long. Was it self-indulgent? If the commercials feel self-indulgent to me. A little bit. Now I saw it, it's pre, in previews in LA. I was in one of the, I saw it last weekend. Um, the audience seemed very, you know, it was, it was people that really wanted to go see it. They seemed very engaged. I had trouble connecting emotionally with it at all. It's hard to get behind a kid who wants to be a filmmaker, even though, again, Spielberg mixes his magic. Um, Michelle Williams plays his mother, who reminded me right- there an Oscar nomination for Michelle that's right here? Probably, because she's amazing, and she, she is amazing. Very, very, the film. Yeah. And my two jokes, because I have too much time during the film to think of funny jokes and going to say the person I'm with, as we leave. And one was, that's the longest episode of the Goldbergs I've ever seen. You know the Goldberg's were the guys, yeah. yeah. And then I asked, I didn't know that Steven Spielberg was raised by Gwen Verdon because (laughs) Michelle Williams played Gwen Verdon. Yes. And then I found out Michael Mejia, who we work with, Michael went to a screening of it uh, same day I did, someplace else, where Spielberg actually came out and spoke to the audience afterwards, which is pretty fucking special. And he said that Michelle Williams, um, when he saw her in in in, uh, Fosse. And Verdon, he knew then that she should play his mother because she she displayed a lot of the characteristics and spirit of his mother. Um, it's getting rave reviews by again because I think people have to. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. And by the way, this and this really would save the day. And I would just wish people would listen to me and act appropriately. If a movie is over two hours, don't make it. <laughs> Instead, go to go to a streamer, Steven Spielberg, and turn it into a miniseries. Because if yeah. you want. If you want to be indulgent and tell every detail, then do it in a series where I can take bathroom breaks where there are some kind of resolutions at the end or cliffhangers to keep me going. Um, Do not make me, not me with my old man bladder, sit in that theater for two and a half hours and expect me not to want to pull out my phone or think of something else or tear your movie apart because it's too
4: damn long (laughs) there. That's you know,
3: interestingly, uh, this last weekend, I watched probably at the same time you were there. I watched Radio Days, uh, the old Woody Allen movie about his childhood growing up in Brooklyn during the 1930s. And I know worked. Woody Allen is, is someone that you can't mention without getting all, everybody triggered. But if you want to watch a movie about a, a director's childhood that works, that to me is one of the best movies of all time in watching little Seth Green be Woody Allen as is, is just one of my favorite things on the planet but mm-hmm. yeah I, I can see where it might be indulgent I have no interest in seeing it I'm sorry
1: all right let's move on um that's the fable months in theaters now number three James number
0: three
3: I'm gonna take what Tom usually does with his last one it's going to be a rest in peace uh segment I want to say rest in peace to iconic soap star John Aniston Uh, father of Jennifer Aniston, of course. He was on many soap operas. He was on Search for Tomorrow, Love of Life. And then 45 years ago, he landed the role of the dastardly Victor Kiriakis on Days of Our Lives. And he's been there for 45 years. And he is, the last couple of years, the last 10 years or so, he's been more curmudgeonly than than villainous. And he always has the best line. He's always calling everyone, you old tramp, get out of here, you tramp. He's just like an old 89-year-old man. He is so mean on the show. Um, He is a cranky pants from... (laughs) And everybody loves him. And for the past, like, probably five years, he's, like I said, 89 years old. He... I don't think he interacts with the other i think he comes in he's always sitting you never see him standing or or walking he's in a chair propped up in a chair and he says his lines and then it goes to the other people and you know that they're sort of like just editing him in i think they sort of bring him in but he's one it's one of those things where he wants to keep acting until the very end and he did he's still on the show now his last episode will air um 20 december 26th the day after christmas and days of our lives released a picture of him in a in a santa hat at, from the last episode at, that he's in and it's so funny because he there is some nobody who is less like santa than victor kiriakis um i just want to say that he his I- imd page imdb page goes back to the early 60s he was in television i i spy the virginian mission impossible that girl all the way up through west wing gilmore girls mad men he has been in everything and he is just beloved by the soap industry and it's been a nice thing it's to
2: impossible to convey to people who don't watch soap operas yes. how invested you and other fans become in the actors and the characters that they played. I always say that people spend more time, you know, with soap opera characters in many cases than they do with their own family, just hour, hour to hour, you know? And I just so, want to say
3: that on, on Twitter, they've been doing like, um, sort of, uh, what is it like just scene after scene after scene, you're seeing old scenes and there's a couple of them where he opens up the door and there's a character, Nicole, standing there and you're like, did anyone order a hooker? Yeah. And then- he, he walks in and some, he pushes a one, woman out the window and then he goes out to get the newspaper and he tells the butler, there's some trash in the, in the driveway. Go, go sweep it
1: up because he's pushed her out the window. Anyway. Rest in perfection, John Aniston. Number two. Number two. Joyland. Joyland is the title of a movie that is Pakistan's entry into the Oscars international feature category. And I know about this because Katarina Otto bernstein who was one of the producers of Maplethorpe, asked me to host a screening, which is very nice of her, at the uh, four seasons of the movie because they do this. It's campaign season. You have screenings. You invite members of the Academy to big up the movie. Today, this movie was supposed to be released in Pakistan. It's been banned by the government for highly objectionable material, which does not conform with the social values and moral standards of our society, and is clearly repugnant to the norms of decency and morality. So what is this movie about, you ask? It is the story of Haida, who's the youngest son of a patriarchal family in Lahore, Pakistan. He looks after the kids. It's a multi-generational family living together. The father hates the son because he's not—he's married, but he hasn't produced a son. He's the youngest, and he's a—he's a stay-at-home caregiver, so he's not working, and that's a shame on the family. And he ends up getting a job in an erotic dance review, and then he falls in love with the trans lead of the show. Uh oh! Uh oh! Yeah. Uh oh! Yeah, you know, red it?
3: flags, red flags, mm-hmm. the Pakistani mm-hmm. government.
1: It is. This is his. This is a. Uh, uh, I met the director Same Sadiq. It's his first feature film that he's ever written and directed. Uh, first. It's feature an film. Oscar
3: nomination and banned.
1: And he. Uh, it was the first Pakistani film to play at the Cannes Film Festival, where wow. it won the Jury Prize in uncertain regard, and it has just, as of today, Friday the eighteenth, been banned in Pakistan. And the kicker is if they can't find a, a place to screen it um it will be disqualified oh. it won't be oh. eligible right. oh no the foreign film has to play you know, somewhere in a theater, I think, in its, in that in a, country. It, yes. the,
2: yeah. Oh dear. So it's only
1: if they find a host country to play it in. That's what I was on. thinking, you know, there's a really strong Pakistan community in the UK and there must be a theater and where whether you could make it count, you know. And
3: maybe it would then be like a UK nomination or something, or yeah, but it's like, a sober
1: reminder. Make an
2: exception.
3: I was, I was going to say that you know sometimes mm-hmm. like you know if you're banned in Boston that does great for your sales. Like yeah, that ultimately this might be good for him, but if he can't get a show, I wonder what Candace name,
1: Cameron thinks about this movie. No, I don't. No, exa- well, exactly. It is a beautiful film. I mean, the only thing I would say about it is beautifully filmed, beautifully acted. The um, actress that is a trans woman who plays the lead is uh, Alina Khan is fantastic, um, but it is so dark. And Joyland is not what it should be called. Well, I mean, it can be called Joyland, which is the name of the theme park where everybody tries to find some entertainment, but it is a very bleak film in that, you know, the generational cost of sort of male chauvinism. We know all these themes and we know this fundamental battle and as much progress as I think we've made, you suddenly realize there are parts of the world where it's still... Horrible, Tom. Joyland, if you can see it, do see it. It really is a beautiful, powerful film. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, the number one thing this week that made us go wow. Very excited to welcome to The Wow Report a super-secret special guest.
0: You're listening to World of Wonders' Wow Report. Things that make us go wow.
1: And so finally, number one this week on The Wow Report... The person who makes us go, wow, not just this week, but every week, every day. So excited <laughs> to welcome to the show. Number one, Phil Ferguson. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi, Phil. Hello. Oh my gosh, I have a little so spiel about you. you. I'm excited to just tell you just a few little things. I've had an Insta crush on, uh, feels so embarrassing talking about you while you're here. I've had an Insta crush on you since... 2014 when you started posting your amazing crochet creations on Instagram. Yes. And they have kept me company and I have all sorts of feelings I can't quite describe. But you do these amazing headpieces mm-hmm. like a slice of pizza or a burger, like pop iconography as headpieces mm-hmm. and you've graduated to do um, whole entire outfits. Mm-hmm. It's not just the creativity the outfit. It's the way you model them too that that <laughs> it gives me feelings I, I didn't know I had. Now. Are you guys, I'm getting uncomfortable. I find it a little weird. But you intriguing. you are so <laughs> deadpan in the way you work it, but it's so charming and it, it's. James, I'm surprised you don't have many of these outfits. In Phil, your- I
3: in want world. you to know that I had no idea as to Fenton's obsession coming <laughs> into this. I've been obsessed since 2014. We put you on The Wow Report 100 yes. times mm-hmm. since b- before. And every single time I say, I need the popcorn. I need the hamburger. I need this. I need that. Fenton, I don't know why you don't have a piece by now. If if, this, I, I, if if your if your love goes as deep
0: as you say it does, uh, you should have a I whole. Sure of, you should up. Be
3: supporting
0: Phil is
1: what you be doing, Benton. I'll just gift you one one day. I. I I I insist on paying. And anyway, I was going to say, James, I have a deep yawning. You see, I have a deep yawning. <laughs> well,
3: wait a minute. You're going to gift him one. What if I tell you I love you? I love oh, then, I'll, no,
0: seriously. Seriously, I don't usually make them. For people, but I'm always open to giving them to people that like you know I admire or like my friends <laughs> or things like that. So
2: like you guys could have one easily. What inspired you? What? what how did this start? And what what continues to inspire you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Was there a grandmother involved
3: or something? Or? No.
0: Well, so I studied fine art, so I always come from an art context. I don't I don't usually come from a craft context, which is what everybody traditionally thinks of crochet as being a part of and so I'll, I get lumped in with a lot of that but obviously I do a craft but I sort of think in an artist mindset um and so yeah so I moved to Melbourne almost nine years ago so 2014 um so when like I literally started all of this in 2014 so yeah you guys have known me basically as long as I've been doing it which is crazy um but it's just really funny so So the reason why I started making these wearable sort of pieces was because I wanted to do drag. So um, when I moved to Melbourne, I was like watching lots of drag race. And so I was like, you know what, maybe um, I'll start making wearable things for what would have been my drag at the time. Um, But then I started my Instagram account and just sort of kept up sort of posting and all that sort of stuff. And it took off in a different way than I was sort of expecting it to go and so i never looped back to that performance you know i, I side.
3: guarantee phil if you were on if there was a runway challenge and you showed up in drag in the popcorn outfit i want to see rupaul's look on her face when you would the, the slay
1: that you would get <laughs> <laughs> also um Another interesting string to your bow is that you went on Survivor Australia, yes. Brains versus Brawn. Like, yes. what would make you do that? uh it, it's, it's. There's only two shows
0: that my whole life I ever said I would ever would want to. Like, I feel like everybody has a few things that they would want to do, like TV-wise, like, and go on game shows in some variety. Um, but I always have been obsessed with Survivor. And so I just applied. A lot of people assumed that I got recruited, but I fully applied. I went through casting. I went through the whole the whole process. Um, it's just really funny now because Survivor in itself has sort of changed a lot since when it started. And I did like what it was. And I don't know if anybody has ever seen the one episode, because I was first out, but I was untraditionally. I was untraditionally the first out. Like what happened to me was like, unprecedented no other version of the show had ever done this thing before and so I just happened to have gotten this weird like weird deal of my experience with Survivor but I'd always been really into it and so um, it was just natural for me to do it but um, because of my experience I don't know if necessarily it was probably a good thing that I did it Uh, maybe it was better for it to be sort of a Thing fantasy. I yeah fantasy um but yeah if anybody's ever watched that one episode i'm in yeah they'll fully understand what i'm talking about
2: it makes you the pork chop uh park victoria pork chop parker of australia's uh survivor i think that's amazing yeah yeah
0: oh, it's the best thing about that whole experience was that that night i went on twitter or something like that and all the fans were so lovely about it i was scared that i was going to get ba- a bad response everybody was so lovely and so it it really was sort of that moment where like I Digress has so many examples of people who've gone out first and um, embrace them and I, I was really fortunate that I happened
2: to get that.
1: Miss Vanji yeah tell me about this new series you're doing They're like little memories right they're little single images almost like um, Crochet versions of a snapshot Is yeah. that, that, talk about that.
0: Well, I, so I'm currently in LA at the moment because it was my 30th a few weeks ago. And so sort of in the lead up to it, I wanted to do something that was a little bit more self-reflective than sort of just fun, fun, fun content, I guess. And so I was doing a series where I was making at least one a day, um, a little sort of, they were six by four photo sized little portraits, um, one each one was representing sort of a year of my life leading up to being 30 and so yes I was just sort of making these little portraits and I didn't really know in what shape they would sort of eventuate um would they be just singular sort of panels or whatever but um I had the idea while I was here to at least turn it into a vest so I could wear it on my birthday and so I at least had sort of like a wearable sort of version of all these photos that I could wear and yeah, I do, you know, I've
3: looked at them and my first thought was that they're pocketbooks or that they could be wallets or something like that. They're they're very like purses. I yeah. think they're so good. Just put slap two together and James sew them together. is always
2: shopping for accessories, just so you know.
3: Always <laughs> <I'm> shopping <laughs> for accessories. <clean. laughs> yes. God. Sew them together and put a zipper on it, and baby, you've got an e in e- um uh, yeah, an eBay or uh, a- Etsy, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's the beginning of something. Like, that was the first time I ever did anything like that. So I don't know. Now I've done a heap of them. I'm like, oh, I could do, I could basically be, be making wallets, doing whatever, whatever I need. Yes.
3: Yes. That's, the, that's your million dollar idea right there. <laughs> Cause not everybody is going to buy a complete popcorn dress, No. <laughs> but You'd they will buy a
2: purse. So yes, exactly. Surprised. You'd be surprised. They're very form flattering. I think they're very <laughs>
1: they high all the right things. <laughs> What has your experience of being in Hollywood and LA been like?
0: It's it's really funny because before I came, um, everybody uses the analogy back home that Melbourne, where I live, is like New York and Sydney is like LA. Mm. But having been in LA for a few weeks now, I'm like, actually, Sydney, I mean, Sydney, LA reminds me of Perth,
2: <laughs> where <laughs> I'm originally from.
0: So because, because like LA is very big, but, everything sort of has quite a bit of distance between everything so you need a car and you need to be able to drive around and you know get around in that way it's always sunny generally (laughs) though since i've been here there's been a few rainy days which i realize are very rare but um so my perception is very warped but and we
2: freak out yes we freak out on the rainy days and I, I, so every time yeah. i hear perth on drag race i have to say they have a lot of personality there because that's the joke well, that I, that yes, I was gonna sorry, say sorry. everybody i've ever met from perth has been a complete
3: wackadoo <laughs> and i'm wondering if that is the same thing your perception of la is that we're all just a bunch of wackadoodles oh
0: i would be surprised i wouldn't be surprised if the sun has gotten to everybody and that's why <laughs> that's why it's the way it is because everybody who goes who's from Perth ends up going coming to Melbourne to be create like work in a creative field or something like that. So I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if that actually is the case.
1: Oh, <laughs> well Phil, you have to come back because I know just before the pandemic we were talking about having an exhibition at the gallery space and then yes. you know yeah. all that happened. But now that you've been here and seen it, yeah. you definitely have to come back and we have to do that exhibition. Yes. I'm just excited for that. Oh,
0: of course. Yeah. No, cause checking out that space was great. Like it was so much bigger than I was expecting. Very high,
3: high yeah, ceilings. There's, there's a lot you can do with it. Yeah. For
2: our listeners, where's the best place for them to follow you to see your art? Um, The best place to
0: check out what I do is on Instagram, which would be at Chili Philly. So C H I L I, not two L's P H I double L Y. Or look up Phil Ferguson. I'll come up straight away.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I've been saving this for the whole show. I want to say Shantae Crochet. Thank you.
3: You're a nitwit.
1: Thank
2: you so Stop needling us. <laughs> it
3: just it, it's endless the possibilities here. <laughs> non-stop, non-stop.
1: Thank you, Bill. Thank you, James. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Blake. I'm afraid that we have time for this week. Uh, Same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow.